Romans 15 is where we are this morning, verse number 22, and you're going to be shocked, but we're actually going to look at verses 22 through verse 33, and no, you're not going to be here till 2 o'clock, I don't think, unless the Lord does something, I don't, then I haven't intended, um, let's stand together as we read from Romans 15, beginning in verse number 22. Think back to last week, and we talked about this word strive, didn't we? We mentioned something about this word strive, and we find it again in our text this morning. Romans 15, verse number 22, For which cause also I have been much hindered from coming to you, but now having no more place in these parts. Think about that. What did we say about Paul last week? We saw those three missionary journeys. I sent you out you know, some stuff where you can kind of see that on the map. And, and he gets to the place where he says, I have no more place in these parts. He had done the work that God had given him to do. You remember he stayed in some of those places up two years sometimes. And the church would be established and there would be elders established and the church would continue on. You know, um, <clears throat> He was the one going about planning, right? Um, there were others that came along and watered that the Lord sent, but having no more place in these parts and having a great desire. You know, he had his, he had his eyes set on Rome. He had his eyes set on Spain, right? So having no more place in these parts and having a great desire of these many years to come unto you, I think it was maybe something like three years from the time that he wrote the letter to the Romans, you know, to the time that, that um, you know, he ends up you know, in their, in their parts, but um, he said, having a great desire of these many years to come unto you, where, whensoever I take my journey into Spain, I will come to you, for I trust to see you in my journey and to be brought on my way thitherward by you, if first I might be somewhat filled with your company. Now, we have at least one man who comes through here that goes on to other points, right? He comes through here, and and we we will we will certainly like we always do. Any preacher that comes, we 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 try to take care of of them and and give them a little love offering and something for their their expenses uh, in, in addition to that. But then, like with Brother Johnny, you know, being a missionary out there to the Lesser Antilles Islands, you know, we give him a little bit more. You know, and so here he is coming through our parts, we being refreshed by him, he being refreshed and supplied in a small measure, you know, by us, because there's lots of churches that do that um, with him. But um, here he's saying, if I first might be filled, somewhat filled with your company, but now I go unto Jerusalem to minister unto the saints. And what type of ministry was that going to be? He's going to minister unto the saints, right? What kind of ministry? Well, we know he's preaching the gospel wherever he goes, right? But there's also something more, right? So he says here, but now I go to Jerusalem to minister to the saints, for it has pleased them of Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution to the poor saints. Why were they poor? How come they was poor? The Lord made them poor. How come these people had something to give to them poor people? The Lord give it to them to give to them, right? Yeah, okay. So they were determined. It pleased them. The Lord moved upon their hearts in Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. You see the dynamic, you know, here? Here's, here's the, the, those that had received the word first as the Jew. And here they were in Jerusalem right? And here Paul comes along after being converted to Saul of Tarsus, and he's sent as an apostle to the Gentiles, himself being a Jew, right? And so here's this, this the, the Jewish saints that had met with Paul, and the apostles had met with Paul, and it pleased them to send Barnabas and Paul off to these points unknown at this point. You know, they're going places that they don't even know yet, but they go off to all these places. They go minister in these places. Church, churches spring up in those places. Then those places hear about the need 
that the Jerusalem church had, who they wouldn't even have heard the gospel, you know, in, in one sense, had the Jerusalem church not sent Paul and Barnabas, and so they hear they have a need, and so they're sending Paul back, you know, with a supply for that need. You know, so we see that dynamic there, you know, going on. Um, so in verse 27, it says, it has pleased them verily. And this is what we're talking about when I'm talking about that dynamic. Listen to what it says here. It hath pleased them verily, and their debtors they are. For if the Gentiles have been made partakers of their spiritual things, Paul and Barnabas were sent out, right? Partakers of their spiritual things. Their duty is also to minister unto them in carnal things, right? So when, therefore, I have performed this and have sealed to them this fruit, he says, I will come by you into Spain. And I am sure that when I am come unto you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. How so? Because it would be in the Lord's will, as far as Paul was concerned, that he ended up there. I mean, I've determined to go to Jerusalem, and after I go to Jerusalem, I'm determined to go to Rome, and then I'm determined to go to Spain. Because this is what I've seen the Lord set before me. And so he can say this here. He says that when I, when I get there, I'm going to come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. <clears throat> so he says in verse number 30, Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit, and here's his word again, that you strive together. You strive together. So whether Brother Paul Jordan goes, you know, to the Philippines or whether Brother Johnny Carter's going to the Lesser Antilles Islands, or, you know, it'd be others that we know, that, that we personally haven't met, but that, that y'all know, um, that in the Ukraine, and I'm having trouble remembering the brother's name, Mark, Mark McDonald. McDonald, whether it be Mark McDonald in the Ukraine, what, what, what's going on here? What's Paul saying? Yeah, he says, strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. Two things, you ready? So praying, right. But two things in this prayer. One, he says, that I may be delivered from them that do not believe. Hmm? And Brother Johnny's told me stories. He'd finish preaching. It'd be dark outside. He'd be walking to where he was staying. And out of the bushes come men with machetes. Determined to do him harm. You know. So that you be delivered. Um, I I may be getting this story mixed up with somebody else, but <clears throat> there was another one where he was, he was in a truck with a man who had a gun and a briefcase and I think was determined to do him harm. You know? And so you see these sort of things. He's, and Paul has seen these sort of things. Paul has fell into perils among those who weren't his countrymen, outsiders, and he's fallen into perils among his own countrymen, right? That I may be delivered, that's number one, that I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea, because that's where he was going. And that my service, think about this. So here's this gift he's bringing to Jerusalem, right? That my service, which I have for Jerusalem, may be accepted of the saints, yeah. You mean it could not be accepted? Well, you saw Peter at that one point, right, where he's, he's eating with the Gentiles. Then these certain Jews come and eat doesn't eat with the Gentiles and eats only with the Jews. And Paul withstands him to his face and he tells Peter, you're wrong and you're to be blamed. And so could these saints say, well, we're not going to accept any things from these Gentiles. You know, I, I have no idea you know, there's, you know, what this is that Paul exactly is talking about, but he wants it to be accepted. He, he wants it to be fruitful. He wants there to be a knitting together, you know, perhaps between these churches, a bond, you know, that I can tell you honestly, I've been in a position of receiving from people in time of need. I don't know if you've been in that place to receive financially, monetarily from people when you are in need. It's a very humbling thing, but it does, especially when it comes from someone that you know is a brother or sister in Christ, and they're giving this to you out of sincere and genuine love. There's a bond that forms, you know, whether it's a church, an individual, um, so, that it may be accepted of the saints, that I may come unto you with joy by the will of God, and may with you be refreshed. There's, there's a double refreshing there, isn't there? <clears throat> 
Have you ever experienced it? Have you ever taken to go and see somebody in the hospital to encourage them and you yourself leave encouraged? There's a double refreshing, isn't there? Um, and then the last verse, Now the God of peace be with you all. And he says, Amen. So be it, right? Be it even so. You know, that was his desire. So let's, um, let's go to the Lord in prayer before we get into the message. Our Father, as we bow before you, we, we come before you, Father, with nothing in our hands. Um, even as the hymn says, we bring but simply to thy cross. Oh, Lord, we, we cling. Um, so we, we come just asking, Father, that you, by your Spirit, even as you have said, when the Comforter would come, he would speak unto us and teach us the things of Christ, that you would speak unto us this morning these things that we might understand and know that we might better serve you, that we might honor you in everything that we do, uh, even as we, we see the heart of Paul here and his desire to do that very thing in his life. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> so here we are. We're at the closing, as it were, you know, of, of Paul's letter. We're not finished. We're, just, we're, we're at the closing verses of chapter 15, but the closing of the letter itself is not until the next chapter, which is chapter 16, but we're in the closing section of Paul's letter to the saints at Rome. Continue in prayer with me, right? Strive together. We could use the, the terminology that Paul uses here. Strive together with me. Have you, you seen this book sitting up here? Have you paid any attention to the page it's turned to? It's open to the first psalm. Because as far as I can tell, that's where the Lord is leading us to go next. So you continue praying with me, striving together with me. Because the Lord could, could say, no, you go over here. You know, so this is, this is what I'm, you know, in my mind and my heart, and I'm, I'm set towards unless the Lord changes, you know, that course. I mean, we've even bought, you know, we've, we've bought some things for this, haven't we? Right? Some of you know. I mean, there's, there's, there's um, uh, notebooks that I bought you back there that are actually, they're not le- real leather, but they're leather-like bound. We've got places for notes, and there's, there's a, a little section in there about each psalm, you know. Um, and then we bought, we bought those hymnals, you know, uh, where we could sing some of these psalms. Some you'll recognize, some we won't know. Some may become favorites, um, you know, some, I know we're adding a third hymn book, right? Or a fourth one, I don't know. We're going to have lots of them now. We've got the blue one, we've got the black one. And unfortunately, this other one that's the psalm, you know, the, um, it, it's, it's, it's blue. So uh, we'll have to come up with a name. We've got a red one too. Uh, but we have two blue ones now, so we'll have to uh, come up with a name for that one. <clears throat> but um, I guess we can just say we want to sing psalm number whatever, you know, and that would be, that would be the case. Um, but be in prayer for, you know, Rebecca and for Lydia and Anna, whichever ones of, of them decide to tackle, you know, I thought about giving each of them, you know, a, a psalm to, to practice as we're going along, you know, where they'd be ready when we get to it. Um, but uh, be in prayer about the Lord, be, you know, over that uh, and direct that as we go about it. Uh, we've, we've never, I mean, I saw one hymn that we sang this morning said something about uh, a psalm. Um, but uh, we've, we, we sing hymns that have some of the psalms in it, but, you know, this, this is actually a psalter in a way, um, and we don't know the tunes that they sang those hymns to. You know, David wrote that song. We don't have the actual music, you know, per se, uh, unless somehow it filtered down and made it into that book from, you know, years and years, hundreds of years, thousands of years past. So, but be in prayer about that. Uh, also, I'd ask you to be in prayer while I'm asking for prayer. I'd ask you to be in prayer for, I think it's April the 9th. Um, I won't be here. I've been asked to preach at a church in Louisiana. So I'll be, I'll be out of the pulpit that, that Sunday. I've already talked to Brother JT about it. Um, and, and he'll, Lord willing, he'll be here. And then I, I spoke to Brother Paul Jordan about it too. So, um, Lord willing, he'll be here. Um, and I know some of those that were a part of that former, you know, assembly will look forward to Brother Paul, you know, being here. So uh, be in prayer uh, for them as well. So closing section, we said. We saw a picture last week, three different missionary journeys that Paul had made. And then we, we saw that last, after that last uh, third missionary journey, we saw his journey to Rome, right? So there were three different missionary journeys he'd made, and then there's his eventual imprisonment. 
you know, where he makes his way. You know, there's some things that have to happen before that, right? He stands before who? Who does he stand before first? Yeah. And then who after that? Festus, Agrippa, and then who after that? The one that he says, I appeal unto Caesar. And he says, you appeal unto Caesar, unto Caesar you shall go. Right? Felix. You know, um, people are thinking about cats that are old enough. Right? Felix the cat. Yeah. <clears throat> I associate things, Brother Jerry, to remember names, you know. So there you go. Um, so we saw that picture last week. And we look at all of it. And we may question why it happened all the way that it did. You know, here Paul's determined. You know, I was reading some comments by Spurgeon this morning. Here Paul is determined to go to Jerusalem and then to go to Rome and to go to Spain. Well, I'm sure in his mind he was thinking, well, you know, do I have the money, you know, to be able to board this ship and make this journey and, you know, this and that to be able to get here and there, you know, are are there provisions, you know, for that? And he was thinking about going free bound you know, or as a free man, but he ended up being bound, you know, and sent to Rome, you know, uh, imprisoned. Uh, And he might not have imagined that that would be the way that he would go uh, at at, at one point. But then as he's visiting these churches, right, what does he find out? The Spirit in every place is testifying that bonds and imprisonment await him in Jerusalem. Is that something that Paul is a stranger to? Well, he's been bound in prison before, hadn't he? Um, so that, 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 that might have been a shocking thing for us to hear, um, especially an initial, never been bound, never been imprisoned. But Paul, Paul's a veteran <laughs> of being bound and imprisoned at this point. Not that it wouldn't still, couldn't still strike fear in the heart of a person, you know, but it was familiar territory to be sure, for the Apostle Paul. But, um, you know, it, it looks like at some points in these things in Paul's life that, that there's things that are working at cross-purposes. Well, I just don't, Lord, I don't see how being in prison is going to help me here, you know. I, I, don't, I don't see how being beaten and stoned to death is going to help me here. Um, but Philippians 1, right, verse number 12, if you read through some of the, I, I try not to give them to you, too far in advance, because you'll be thinking about all these verses that I'm on while JT's trying to preach, you know. But um, Philippians 1, verse 12 says, But I would that you should understand, brethren. Paul wants to make this point clear, this, this thing that I'm bringing up, this question that I'm bringing up, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. We think if we walked around free that the gospel would have a greater success. But God says, nope, you need to be bound that the gospel would have the success that it needs to have in this place where you are. So he says, the things that have happened unto me have fallen out rather under the furtherance of the gospel so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord waxing confident by my bonds are much more bold to speak the word without fear. They, they, they see the Lord, you know, Paul isn't shut down. You know, Paul's not confined and nothing's going to happen now. I mean, we've, we finally arrested him. We got him. He's in prison. He won't be turning the world upside down anymore. You know, not so. I mean, that would have been, you know, those Jews that wanted to put him to death, that would have been their hope that they could silence him somehow. But God imprisons him And in that imprisonment, the way that all of it worked out, exactly the way that God had intended, the way it all worked out, Paul was able to receive anybody. He hired his own house and was able to receive anybody. You know, he wasn't wasn't, uh, kept from receiving people and and ministering unto them and preaching the gospel and the gospel going forth and people were freely coming and going, you know. So... You know, as we, as we think about that, it made some other people bold. I've been in that position before where I've seen the Lord do something in somebody else's life. And I said, Lord, if you can do that in that person's life, you can do that in my life, I know. Um, 
So we can't always see clearly, and, you know, Brother JT was talking to us about being able to see, you know, things. There were some of the things he was talking about has been made plain. But some of the things that happen in our lives, we can't always see clearly. Like we said, Paul thought he would take this journey maybe at his leisure, you know, and here he gets, you know, put in prison. <coughs> so what do we do? Yeah. Place in these parts. <laughs> right, right. The Lord put him there. Exactly. Well, what are we going to do in these things when we find ourselves in these places? Well, here's what my coffee cup said to me this morning. And I wouldn't mention it except there's a verse of Scripture. It said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean, think about Paul, lean not unto thine own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. You know, Lord, I'm going to try to go this way. No, you can't go that way. Lord, I'm going to go this way. No, you can't go that way. Well, I guess I'll go this way. No, you can't go that way. He has a vision in the middle of the night. A man in Macedonia, come over and help us. Well, when he got there, he didn't, he didn't meet a man. Who did he meet? Some praying women, you know, didn't he? So I'm not saying he didn't meet any men, but, you know, Lydia's converted, you know, in, this, in that, that instance. But, but um, lean not unto thine own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. That's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Listen to what Peter says in 1 Peter three twelve through 16. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. We're thinking about Paul, thinking about the things that have happened to him, thinking about what he's writing about here. He gets to Jerusalem, and, and he, he has this vow, and he goes into the temple, and he's accused of causing some sort of ruckus. And then there's a whole big ruckus that starts to where, you know, the Roman soldiers have to go in and take him because they're afraid that he's going to get pulled to pieces, you know. So they take him out of the midst, bring him into the castle, right? And then what happens next? Anybody remember? Paul's sister's son, which that's interesting, isn't it? We start thinking about these things. Paul's sister's son, his nephew, you know, hears these men that have determined they have bound themselves under a curse that they would kill. They wouldn't eat or drink until they would kill Paul. And so he goes to the castle, and he tells Paul about it. Paul calls one of the soldiers and sends him, you know, unto the, uh, you know, the, the centurion and says, you know, he's got something to say. And he tells him, he says, there's 40 men that are lying in wait you know, the Jews are going to come and say, we want to bring him back before the council, but there's 40 men, over 40 men that lie in wait, and they bound themselves under an oath that they will not eat or drink until they kill him. I guess all those guys starved to death, huh? I doubt it. I imagine they started eating and drinking at some point. They knew that their, that their plans were thwarted. But, you know, here, the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. How is it that nephew, he just happened to be there, right? No. The Lord purposed that that young, and he he must have been fairly young because it says that soldier took him by the hand. Now, if Andrew was Paul's nephew and he had heard, I doubt the soldier would have taken him by the hand and let him, you know, unless he was putting him in cuffs, you know, or something, you know, but, but, uh, but yeah, it must have been a young a fairly young man uh, to be taken by the hand and led, you know, in there. So um, who is he, First Peter 3.13, that will harm you if you be followers of that which is good? But and if you suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye. And you know, all the things that they, that they accused Paul of, was he doing those things? No. You know, he, he's forbidding people to be circumcised. No, he said circumcision or uncircumcision is nothing, but he didn't forbid to be circumcised, you know, and that's, that's Romans 14 territory, right? I mean, they felt like that was something they still needed to do and they wanted to circumcise. Okay. But just so you understand, there's nothing in that circumcision as far as salvation, you know, is concerned, you know. So we could say the same thing about some of our Presbyterian brethren, couldn't we? They claim that this is just like the sign of circumcision, 
They say it's not anything to do, you know, with salvation. It's just dedication. Okay, you feel like you've got to do that? We don't necessarily feel like we have to do that, but if that's something you feel like you need to do, right? all right, you know, receive them. That's what Romans 14 said. Now, it would be a different story if they said, you have to do this in order to be saved. It's Christ and this. Now we've got a problem. You know, we can't, we can't, how can two walk together except they be agreed, you know, and that, there's the, the, the scripture's not agreed in that, you know, so anyway, he says here, sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. What do we do? That was the question we were asking. What do we do? Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is within you with meekness and fear, having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you, and they did Paul. They spoke evil of him. As of evildoers, they may be ashamed. Paul stood there and gave a defense whenever he was allowed to speak. And he said, the things they've accused me of, they cannot prove. I'm not guilty of those things, and they can't prove it. You know, So that they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. So in it all, you know, Paul's appealing unto the saints at Rome. Strive together with me in your prayers for me. Did God deliver him from the Jews? That was what he asked the Roman Christians to pray for. Yes, he did. You know, he did. He did deliver, you know, him from the Jews. So we're called to strive together. And if we make, and this is all well and good, this is all Paul's life and, you know, but can we not apply these things unto our own lives? I mean, you think about that. We, we ought to be striving together. And, and this isn't just some, some light, fluffy prayer, you know. Um, you know, just a, a thing you say in passing, you know. Um, you know, when we tell people we're going to pray for them, you know, are we really going to pray for them? Or is it something that people say? Uh, you know, some people will say, it, say this, well, I'll be thinking about you. Well, I'd rather you do more than think about me. Thinking about me is not going to do a whole lot of good. But somebody said they're praying for me. That's something, that's something different. You know, I'll be praying for you. Uh, I'll be, you know, that, that meant so much to me when, when we were in the hospital and Brother Conrad would be on the end of the phone. He'd say, I'll be meeting you at the mercy seat. You know, I've, I've told you about that before. That meant so much to me to hear him say that because I was praying. He was praying. And we were in the same place. We were there at the mercy seat. We were, we were looking for mercy. We were seeking the Lord for mercy in that situation. We were seeking the Lord for help in that situation. And the Lord did help. And he may not always help the way that you think he's going to help. I mean, Teresa could have died. What can I help what I need then? Well, I, Lord, I, I, I need comfort and consolation. I, I don't have this, this other half of me that was walking beside me, and I've got these two, which doesn't look like much now. They can pretty much take care of themselves. Um, but, but had those two as little bitty kids, you know, to take care of and, and a job, and what was I going to do? You know, well, I need, I need help in that way, you know, too. Um, but um, here Paul was appealing unto the saints in Rome to strive together with them in their prayers to God for him. And we're called still. That's not one and done. That was for the Roman Christians and not for us. No, we need to strive together, you know, with Brother McDonald. We need to strive together with Brother Johnny Carter. We strive together with Brother, you know, Paul Jordan. I mean, I know that Brother Paul Jordan and Brother Johnny Carter have intended to go to the places they have gone, and they've been hindered so far. And I know that in their hearts they still want to go. Um, but they're getting older, you know, too. Um, but that, that doesn't mean anything to them, you know. I mean, you see Brother Johnny, he's pulling up here in a truck and, and uh, travel trailer and 80 years old, and, and um, he told me on the way somewhere that he had he had, had a, a blowout. And he was telling somebody at the RV park about it, and she looked at him, and she said, how old are you? She's got his license. She said, you changed your own, that, you changed that tire? And he said, yes, ma'am, I changed that tire, you know. Um, so, you know, the, the Lord's able to take care of his own, isn't he? So strive together with me and your prayers to God for me. So that can apply in lots of different situations right here in our own assembly, couldn't it? I mean, a lot of people here could say, strive together with me and your prayers to God for me. I mean, here's the situation I've got. Strive together with me and your prayers to God for me. 
um, every week. I want you striving together with me in your prayers to God for me. And Brother JT, I'm sure, is the same thing. As we stand up here, you know, uh, I, I, there's, there's a man that I met at the Shepherds Conference. Um, it's been, how many years ago was that now? Four or five? Five years ago? And he, every Sunday morning, he texts me. You know, he's striving together with me. You know, and I told him the text that I was, he said, you're preaching from that. He said, that's rich stuff. You know, and I said, well, pray for me that I have something to say. You know, that I have somewhat to say. I could stand up here and talk. You know, I, I ran into Sister Shelby yesterday at one of the job sites, and she was cleaning, and I went in there, and Teresa sent me a text. She said, stop talking. You know, let Shelby get her job finished. <laughs> it's already late. You know, it's getting dark outside. Um, I can talk. I don't have any problem talking. But I don't want to talk just for talking's sake. Speak just for speaking's sake. Um, you know, when, when, whenever I would instruct my children chasing them, instruct them, uh, you know, I, I would tell them sometimes, I'm not just speaking, and my dad told me the same thing, I'm not speaking to hear the sound of my own voice, you know, I, I, I want something to be accomplished, you know, in this, um, so, you know, here we see the heart of the Apostle Paul, and, and what is it but a reflection of the heart of Christ, you know, it's Christ in us, um, it's the same reflection, he's, he's talking about the will of God at the end of the chapter here, right, I mean, it's the same reflection in all of us who love God and are called according to his purpose. If we're alive in Christ, then we're striving towards this end. Lord, here I am. Send me. Exactly. You know, do with me what, what, it, what you will. I'm, I'm yours. And, and it's not a begrudging thing. And I say, well, you know, I've got to serve the Lord today. And no. You know, Lord, what, what would you have me to do? I mean, I, I belong unto you. I've been, you know, I've been bought with a price by the precious blood of Christ. I mean, and, and, and there's a love for you in my heart that desires to do whatever it is that you would have me to do. You know? um, so that's, that's Paul here as he's going about these places. Um, you know, Paul wants to go to the saints at Rome and then beyond you know, there. Um, but he wants to live under the Lord who loved him and gave himself for him. Um, so he wants to go to the saints um, at, at home per se, you know, because he had a genuine love, didn't he, for his own countrymen? You remember, he said he could wish himself accursed, you know. Uh, so he wants to go to the, to the Jerusalem saints who uh, themselves were the cause of, of him being sent out uh, in, in, in some respects as an apostle unto the Gentiles. Um, and he, 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 he wants to go and, and supply their need. And then he wants to go to Rome and supply whatever need that they may have there, you know, and do whatever it is that the Lord's called him to do. He wants to be, and not just, you know, he wants to be filled with their company too, doesn't he? I, I, I told Sister Shelby the other day, I said, I don't want you cleaning any of our things that we have to clean, any of our job sites on Sunday. Right? You know, she could easily fall into that saying, y'all are behind, I got to get this done. I don't care. You know, let it, let it remain undone, you know, because I was telling her when you're not here, there's part of us missing, you know, and, and, and we're a little poorer when one of us aren't here, whoever it is, doesn't matter who it is, we're a little poorer when they're not here with us. Uh, and so Paul's talking about being filled with their company, you know, and, 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 and we kind of, we can relate to that, can't we? You know, we, 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 thankfully the food tastes good and everybody wants to stay after, right? <laughs> um, but, but we, we want to be filled with one of this company. Don't you? You want to, I, I want to be filled with your company. Uh, I mean, I, I'm in the company of unbelievers all week. Right? I mean, they're around me all week. And, and, and in some respects, it's like Lot being vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked from day to day. Yeah, I, I had determined this week, I told mom it didn't work out. I had determined this way. I keep, I told you before, I keep some gospel tracks in my truck in, in Spanish because I run across a lot of Spanish-speaking guys. I mean, it, most of them I can't hardly communicate with. And I had determined, now I'd been working with them. And, and I, told, I told my mom and I don't, Ryan and dad kind of get on to me because I get out there and I start helping them. You know, and, and there's some things that they weren't seeing that needed to be done. You know, they were doing the job they'd been hired to do, but there was like 
concrete slurry they were pouring into these holes all over the existing concrete i'm like uh that can't stay there that customer's not gonna like that at all so i've got a shovel and they're seeing me do that you know and by the second day of picking up empty concrete bags and doing some of those things one of them walked up to me and put his hand on my shoulder he couldn't speak a lot of english but he said thank you you know and so i was looking forward to the third day and i determined the third day i was going to give them you know because that was gonna be the day they finished i was gonna give them those tracks as they left and then ended up, they didn't show up the third day. And I didn't show up the third day. Uh, but the Lord knew my heart, you know, towards it and what I determined to do. Um, he could have done things differently. And maybe, it, maybe it's not time. Maybe there'll be another job coming up. Maybe that'll be the time, you know. So I continue to strive, you know, in my prayers, you know, for them, you know, in that regard. Um, so, and, and, and all of us in that regard, I mean, today's, today's 4-H, right? Strive together with Cohen and your prayers for Cohen. You know, I mean, he's, he's, he's going there and he's in the midst of a lot of other young people. Who knows what the Lord might do, you know, there, you know, through him. So, so strive with him. Strive with one another. I mean, that's, that's one thing that we see here, striving together um, in all of these circumstances, situations. Uh, like Paul said, first, that I might be delivered, and secondly, they might receive, you know, what I've got to, to, to bring unto them. Um, here's here's something else. Here, if if I had if I was a point preacher preacher, I would say point number two. You know, I'm not the type of preacher. You got to find the points. You know, I try to make the application, but you got to find the points. Um, I'm I'm uh, I know note takers. It probably might be better if I had. Here's point number one, point number two, point number three. Um, but Psalm 37, verses four through six. I want I want to I want to camp here for just just a little bit. Delight thyself also in the Lord. Anybody know what comes next? And he shall give thee the desires, Sister Linda knows, desires of thine heart. Well, that's a wonderful verse of Scripture, Brother JT. You mean I can get whatever I want? <laughs> get me a brand new whatever? You know, that old truck I'm driving out there, it, it turned, I, I'm not telling Sister Carolyn anything, it turned 299,000 miles. You know, it complains every morning when I crank it up. <laughs> I'd like to have a brand new truck. I don't really care about that. I'm just using it as an illustration. Um, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. If I can get something, I'll... I'll quote it, yeah. <laughs> but delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give. He shall give. He shall give. Not you shall give. Not what I've determined that I want. But the Lord shall give you the desires of your heart. Right? The desires that are in there. So these desires, right? Part of the will of God. These desires that Paul had to go to Jerusalem. These desires that Paul had to go to Rome. Guess what? They were God-given desires. They were God-given desires. So delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. That's the same thing that you were talking about, Brother JT. We're going we're gonna to bring to birth and not come forth. Lord going to give a desire and not bring it to pass. Um, uh, I can hear Brother Conrad in my mind. God sponsors what he initiates. So, delight thyself in the Lord. Give you the desire of your hearts. You know, so, initiate. God's initiated this, and so he's going to bring it forth, right? He's going to bring it forth. He'll bring it to pass. And verse number 6 goes on to say, He shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. So, he gives you Man, somebody says, if somebody said to me, you mean he's going to give me what I want? I could actually answer that question, yes, because he's going to give you right wants. You know, right wants in your heart, right? Okay. So that, that, that's, that's right along the lines, right, of what we've, we've already quoted the last two Sundays, you know, from Philippians 2.13. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his his good pleasure. 
He'll give you, he will give you the desires of your heart. His good pleasure, right? So those things go together. So God's working through Paul. God's working in you if you're, if you're his, um, causing all things to work together, right? So um, you know, people, I feel sorry for people that don't know the Lord. They can't lay claim to these things. They don't belong to them. But as children, these belong to you. I can hear, I'm sorry, you know, but I can hear Brother Conrad again. He says, this is children's bread. This is bread for you as God's children. You know, this is for something for you to, to feed upon, for you to, to depend upon and rely upon and believe upon, because these are God's promises to you as his children. Um, so just like we said last week about Paul, you know, he had a promise of his success. You know, he quoted that verse from the Old Testament. You know, it, it's just like the Lord calling those, those men that were fishermen, Right? And what did he tell him? He said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. There was a guarantee of success. The Lord said, you're going to be fishers of men. You're going to catch men. You know, you're going to catch souls, as it were, that otherwise there's a gaping hole and they'd fall headlong into hell. You know, you're going to catch men. You're going to catch men. So this is our confidence in witnessing to anyone, isn't it? Well, you people believe that sovereignty of God stuff. What's the point in even preaching to anybody? That's the point right there. Because we believe that God is able. We, we believe God's promised that he will. Um, you know, all, the Lord said, all that you've given me. He said unto the Father, all you've given me. You know, I've not lost not one, not one. Um, so here we are. God's promised to save so we go about, we preach the gospel. It's, it's the parable of the sower, isn't it? I mean, we, we're spreading the seed. Some of it's going to fall on the wayside. And it's going to, bird's going to snatch it. The devil's going to snatch it away. Some of it's going to fall into the rocky soil, and people might spring up for a little while and have, have even joy about these things. And then persecution comes. Like, I didn't sign up for that, you know. And then the thorny, you know, soul. You know, there's the cares and the pleasures of the world that choke out the word and becomes unfruitful, right? But then there's that good soil. I mean, the Lord's, the Lord's made long furrows right through that heart, and the Word of God comes, and it's implanted, and it, and it yields fruit. It brings forth fruit in that person's life. I mean, you think about the Apostle Paul and what he was before, who he was before, and what the Lord did in his life. It's just incredible, isn't it? Um, so, you know, we're, we're kind of in a—I mean, we always are, you know, but, I mean, we're in this heavenly atmosphere of seeing these things that are happening in Paul's life um, that he's bringing forth before us. He said, all these things that you see and that you've heard about, they've all worked to the furtherance of the gospel. God's been in it all, you know, he's talking about here. So, um, you know, there are people that are being recovered, as we've, we talked about last week, from the snare of the devil, Right? that God's granted repentance, and they've been recovered from the snare of the devil. What kind of people were they? They were people that, what, opposed themselves, is what it said. So, you know, where are, are, can we see ourselves in some respects? I mean, I know we're not about to venture off to, you know, some foreign land, but can we see ourselves in some respects and see our footprints, you know, traveling along the same places? You know, Paul, this is, this is God. What is God's will here or there? You know, we're seeing everything through the lens of Christ. I'm wanting to do everything that I do to God's glory. You realize there are people all around you that do not live their lives that way. They do not think that way. They don't see that way. They don't hear that way. They're not listening for the Lord's voice. Lord, what would you say to me in this, in this passage or in this situation? Uh, sanctify this to my good, you know, this, these circumstances that are going on. I know you've promised in your word. You said you cause all things to work together for good. So the worst things that happen to you, you can look at those things and say, Lord, you've promised to bring good out of this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe you. I'm not going to believe all these thoughts over here that are, that, are, that are trying to cause me to be afraid because we've been not been given a spirit of fear, Right? That's not what we've been given. Uh, we, 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 we've got a, we, we've got a spirit of love. My Heavenly Father loves me. He gave His only begotten Son for me. And if He gave His only begotten Son for me, what, what would He not give? What would He not give? We have, there's a soundness of mind in that, isn't there? The peace of God that you, know, you bring your requests before the Lord and let them be made known, and the peace of God shall rule 
your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You know, there's, there's a peace, there's a, there's a sanctuary, as it were. You know, trouble comes, and we, you know, the, the, the righteous run into this strong and mighty tower, which is Christ, and they're safe. Lord, I'm safe in you. I'm safe in you. So this is, this is Paul. This is what we see in Paul's life here. It's an amazing thing to behold, really. Um, so let me just read some of these passages to you. You remember what was said to Paul. Um, in Acts 20, verse 17, it says, From Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, You know from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears. This wasn't, this wasn't a light thing, right? Uh, him going about and preaching in these different places. It says here that he served the Lord in, in, with many tears. Many tears and temptations, he says, which befell me by the lying and weight of the Jews, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught publicly, and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance towards God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is what I mentioned briefly earlier. Verse number 22, he's going to all these places. He's headed towards Jerusalem, right? And he says, In Acts 20, verse 22, And now behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. I mean, he had an inkling, you know, but he didn't know exactly what was going to happen. Save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide or await. You know, they, they await me. But none of these things, he says, move me. That goes back to what we're just saying. The peace of God that passes understanding, keeping your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, right? He says, none of these things move me. You're going to be bound. You're going to be afflicted, but none of these things move me, he says. Neither count I my life dear unto myself. Now, no doubt, the others counted his life dear, didn't they? They were pleading with him not to go. Don't go. You're going to, you're going to be in prison. Don't go. And you remember at one point he says, why do you, why through all this weeping, you're breaking my heart. I, I must go. And he was not only going to be bound, you know, there, but he was bound to go. I mean, he was bound in his spirit to go. The Lord had called him to go. He was going to go. But neither do I count my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And now behold, I know that you all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, shall see my face no more. He knew those things, and yet he went. Why? The Lord was sending him. And, and you, you hear his heart there. I, I don't count my life dear unto myself. My, my life's in his hands. It, it's not in the hands of the Jews that are seeking to put me, you know, to silence me and put me to death. It, it, it's, it's, not, it's not in the hands of the, the storm that came up. You remember on his way, an angel of the Lord stood beside him and said, Paul, there's not going to be a loss of life. You know, y'all, y'all are, you're going to survive this. You, you yet will stand in Rome and testify of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know? So you know, we see you know, those things. But it doesn't move him. He's, like, he's not afraid of the waves and the wind. You know, it's, the Lord's in control here. Does it speak anything to you? You know, can we apply that to ourselves? Can we, can we say, Lord, I want to walk in that same way uh, that, that I see the Apostle Paul walking here? I want to think those same thoughts. I don't count my life dear unto myself. I belong unto you. you, 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 have, you you're the one that, that's in control of my life, not, not some other circumstance or somebody else. You know, you are. You're in control of it. So, you know, here we see Paul going, knowing that what awaited him you, you get into um, Acts 18, verses 9 through 10, says, Then spake the Lord unto Paul in the night by a vision, be not afraid. This is long before, or, or sometime before, what I just read to you a while ago. But be not afraid, but speak, hold not thy peace, for I am with thee, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee, for I have much people in this city. Much people in this city. Acts 23, verse 10 says, And when they, there arose a great dissension, the chief captain, fearing lest Paul should be pulled in pieces of them, commanded the soldiers to go down and take him by force from among them and bring him into the castle. And the night following, the Lord stood by him and said, 
you, you see a common theme here? The Lord stood by him. Guess what? The Lord, in all these things that you go through, the Lord's standing by you. You know, the Lord's beside you. You know, the Lord's with you, in other words, what we're saying. It says that the Lord stood beside him and said, um, Be of good cheer, for as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. There's a guarantee of success. And there's the mission, and there's the success of that mission. It may not look like what we think it ought to look like, you know, but the Lord's in it. The Lord's with him. So you get into verse, uh, or chapter 27, and um, that was the ship. You know, that's, they're, they're, they've thrown all the tackle over. You know, they're, they're trying to make into that, that, that bay, you know, and, and the ship, you know, runs aground, and the soldiers are going to kill everybody because they can't let any prisoners escape. Uh, but because of what Paul had said, you know, they, they, the, the, the captain believed him and spared and said, everybody grab a piece of wood or whatever. You swim if you can. If you can't, grab a hold of something that floats. And, and nobody drowned. You know, they all made it to shore. But the angel stood beside him and said, um, be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. And you remember before, Paul told them at the beginning of the journey, don't go. There's going to be great, you're going to suffer a great loss. You know, and they did, financially speaking. They lost their ship and all their cargo. Um, but he said, there stood by me in this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. And that's mercy, isn't it? God gave all that sailed with him. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe, God, that it shall be even as it was told unto me. And then you get down to the end uh, of the book of Acts in chapter 28, and I read this to you, I think, last week, but it said in verse 30 that Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came in unto him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. I mean, you would think being in prison, there would be like, oh, okay, well, you're in jail. You can't, you can't just go about preaching the gospel to everybody that comes around. We're tired of these people coming into jail and having to admit them. And you now the Lord worked it out where he's in his own hired house. And people came and go, went as they, as they pleased. So God's purposes shall stand, right? We can depend upon that. We can believe that. Brother JT's already talking to us about that this morning. God's purposes shall stand. Paul had a promise of success. We should be encouraged likewise. So I know some of you might be a little timid about speaking to somebody, you know, about the things of the Lord and sharing the gospel with somebody, but there's a guaranteed success to those who belong unto him. They're going to receive the word. There's going to be fruit in their lives. Is everybody going to receive? No. There are people that stoned Paul. There are people that imprisoned Paul. Um, did Paul have to be afraid of his, for his life? No, God was with him. Uh, he was going to continue on as long, you know, as, as, as the Lord, you know, desired Paul to continue and determined Paul, you know, to continue. Um, and all of that time, guess what? Paul's desiring to continue. Um, he's going and going and going, right? Um, as long as the Lord would allow him. Uh, he saw many who sat in great darkness, and they, they saw a great light. They turned to the Lord from idols to the living God. Um, like we said last week, it's not Paul. But it's the gospel, right? The preaching of the gospel, that's the power of God unto salvation to them which believe. The Jew first also unto the Greek. So, how about that passage that we read last week, 1 Timothy 2? In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. What kind of power does it take to deliver a person from being taken captive by the devil? You know, we're not talking about necessarily someone that we see outwardly, you know, they're, they're, they're possessed and the, this demon speaking, you know, through them. I'm talking about everyday people that you're walking around in the grocery store or wherever you may be, and they are captive to gross darkness in their lives. What does it take to deliver a person from that kind of circumstances? It's the power of God. 
You know, it's the power of God. So, except he opened the eyes around us, of those around us, except he opened their ears, opened their hearts, they'll not see, they'll not hear, they'll not fear, they'll not obey, they'll not love the Lord with all their hearts, with all their soul, with all their mind, with all their strength. They'll not desire to follow after him, no matter what the cost. They'll not desire to give themselves unto him, you know, in, in, in every aspect of their lives. That's the power of God. You, you realize, I mean, you, you thinking in those terms and, 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 and understanding what I'm talking about, you, you being able to hear the word of God and understand it. It's not natural, right? The natural man doesn't receive the things of God. But the spiritual, those who are alive in Christ, whom the Spirit of God indwells, he's teaching us and showing us the things of Christ. I mean, that, that's the power of God. We would not desire the sincere... I, I was talking to Sister Delina. You read that passage of Scripture. It's always caught my attention from a, a very young person. I mean, you, even as a young person, you, you, you see, you know, I had brothers. You know, I was the oldest. And I, you know, Mom would, would nurse them. I understood, you know, what those things meant. But then I get to that part where they would milk out, you know, that's that's something, isn't it? I mean, they just they fall out. They're just completely full and satisfied. Desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. We all need to milk out, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so to, so to speak. You know, the, the world would do something totally different with that. They pass out, you know, from alcohol or drugs or whatever. But but uh, here here we're we're being called, you know, milk out on the word, you know. Um, so. There is a there is a an incredible thing that has happened in you, you know, and and and, and for Lydia being the, the 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 newest among us, it is it is. I mean, I, I see it every day. Um, I was and she hates me talking about her. I know right now, but I wouldn't do it. And, and, and she doesn't mind it if it's any help to you, just like her testimony, right? But I was showing Sister Shelby yesterday. I said, I want you to see something. And I opened up Amazon, and there are different lists, you know, in, in, in our Amazon account. And one of them is Lydia's birthday list, which is coming up, by the way, next month. And used to, that birthday list would be full of whatever it was that she was you know, interested in at the time. You know, she was a young child, it'd be whatever toy, you know, was popular, whatever. But I was showing, showing Sister Shelby, and it's not just a few, was it? It was book after book after book after book after book on things that, that, that she, wants, she, wants, she wants to grow, you know, thereby. Um, you know, and so these are the things that she's wanting for her birthday, you know. Um, you know, she wants to learn about, you know, more about this. I want to understand more about that. Um, you know, she's hungry, you know, for the word. Well, here's the final authority, right? I mean, she reads those other books. Books can be helps, right? Always keep your eye here, you know. Um, if there's something over here in that book, you're like, that doesn't sound right. There's that verse of Scripture over there. Well, what's going to stand? The Scripture, you know. God says that his word's going to stand forever, uh, forever, you know. Um, so his word is eternal, uh, everlasting. Um, he's he going to build his church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The Roman Empire fell in less than 200 years. You know. But this, this kingdom's going to abide forever, Right? It's the kingdom of God. It shall stand long after every other earthly kingdom has fallen. In fact, all those kings of all those kingdoms one day will bow their knee and they will confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father, right? So, well, there's, there's other verses of Scripture. You have them. You can go back and read them. It has to do with the collection for the saints. I just want to point out one thing um, that um, I read in Second Corinthians eight two, it says about about this gift that they're sending to Jerusalem. This is this is this is how they felt uh, about what they were trying to do in order to put together this gift to send under the poor saints in Jerusalem. It says Paul Paul testifies of them and says 
this is those of the churches in Macedonia, how that in great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded under the riches of their liberality. You know, they were giving beyond. You know, they were giving from the heart, right? And in verse number four, well, verse number three, Paul says, I bear them record that beyond their power they were willing of themselves. And in verse number four, it says praying. They were, they were pleading and entreating Paul and his companions. With, with much entreaty, they said, that they, take it. You know, Paul's like, it's too much. You can't, you can't. And it's, it's like that struggle is going back. Paul's saying, that's, that's, that's more, you know, than necessary. And they're like, no, please take it. Please take it. Praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering of the saints. They wanted to have a part right? They wanted to have a part in that ministry, that ministry of, of taking that collection to the poor saints in Jerusalem. You know, so if, if we send something individually or personally with Brother Paul Jordan to the Philippines or Brother Johnny to, you know, the Lesser Antilles Islands, you know, do you think about it that way, the way that they're thinking about it? You know, could, could, you, could you try to give it to him? And he says, no, it's too much. And he's like, no, you got to take it. You know, I want to have a part in this ministry. I mean, this is the way they were thinking about, you know, these things. Um, so I just, just wanted to point that out. And by the time you get to Second Corinthians 9.15, you know, Paul's saying, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift, you know. Um, so do we think that way about, you know, giving? The Lord loveth a, what kind of giver? A cheerful giver, right? And it's better to give than receive, right? Yeah. Um, so we see that, you know, here with these and the way they felt about giving unto the poor saints, you know, there in, in Jerusalem. It makes you think of Matthew twenty five forty, and the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, insomuch as you did it unto the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto, you know, me. So do we think about giving in such a way I would kind of point out and, and we think about striving, you know, in that way. Uh, with them, that we may have a part in that ministry and the love um, that that they were desiring to show. Uh, so it wasn't just prayer. There was also a financial gift, you know, they were giving, and beyond themselves, you know, they were giving. Uh, so it's it's uh, interesting when you when you look at it from that perspective. We have a responsibility, really, to do the same. So, um, Lord, help us to strive. Help us to strive. Strive together. You know, help us to strive. Uh, I'll say this. I was I was going to leave this out, but I'll I'll go ahead and say it. It's talking about striving together. Um, you think about. Um, I was looking to see where I had written it down, but I'll just have to try to remember. There was a work that was started in this area, you know, in the 1800s. I mean, you see out there on the outside of the building, 1847. The Lord did something here and started something that's still going on. And we don't know much about our history here. Uh, I mean, even though I've had family that have been involved, you know, for, you know, many, many years, maybe even a hundred years or more, I guess maybe more than that, because I, I think, you know, we, we didn't pay any attention to it, but last year would have been our 175th year, you know, there, there being, a, we didn't make a big deal out of it, um, you know, but we're 176 years this year that the Lord's had a work here. That's pretty remarkable. You know, that's really remarkable. Um, and the Lord's, somebody said, you, you were praying this morning about having a place. Right? I mean, the Lord's given us a place. Not just a building. You know, that's nice. Uh, I don't know what it would cost to put all this in today, all this mahogany wood, you know. Um, but it's a nice place we've been given, you know. Um, but not just that. Because like Brother J.T. said, it's not a building, it's the people. You know, there's a church, you know, that the Lord's continued here in this, in this little bitty town. It's not even a town, you know. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, Teresa Gadagravated about that when we go to places and people say, where are you from? From Cheetah. Well, you can't even find that on the map, just about. You know, it's, it's not an incorporated town, you know, it doesn't have its own zip code. You know, we're, I mean, as far as that's concerned, it's Trinity, you know, yeah. Um, but in this, in this out of the way, and it is. I mean, people used to come here, preachers we'd invite to come here, and they'd say, boy, you've got to know where you're going to get here, you know. 
Um, so, you know, here we are in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Here we are in the middle of nowhere, so to speak, and the Lord's got to work. You know, it's not the only work He has. He's got to work everywhere. You know, if He's got to work here in this little bitty place, how many places, how many pockets are there throughout all over the place where God's got a light and a light and a light? You know, let your light so shine before men they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven, right? There's lights all over. Lights all over. Well, let us strive together. The Lord's had us here for 176 years. You know, let us continue to strive together, um, like Paul talks about here. Strive together, you know, with, for one another, with one another, you know, for the Lord. Let us strive together. Well, let's stand and we'll go to the Lord in prayer. And Lord willing, next week we'll, we'll be in the last chapter, chapter 16 of the book of Romans, over five years. You know I, know, I know not everybody's been here for the whole five years, but over five years we've been in this book. Some of you have. Um, don't know how long the Lord have us in Psalms. I've actually gone through part of Psalms before on Wednesday nights. You remember? We would be back there. We were going through uh, Psalms. But, um, but I'm, I'm not going to start where we left off because y'all weren't all here. We'll start at the beginning. That's a good place to start, isn't it? In the beginning. In the beginning. Yeah. Good chapter. Yeah. I mean, in our day, right? You know, why? I mean, you're at the beginning of the song. Why do the heathens rage? Imagine a vain thing. They want to cast our cords, you know, off. You know, get rid of those people. Imprison Paul. Silence him. Put him to death, you know. Um, they're not concerned about these things. But but uh, good place to start in the day in which we live. But uh, in the day in which the church has always lived. Well... Let's pray.